everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number Dick Butkus, Trevor Hoffman, Randy the Big Unit Johnson, and much maligned Jake Gardner. Yeah, episode number 51, brought to you by mortgage expert John Vassos. Now is a great time to buy real estate, if you can find it, or even refinance your home. If you want outstanding service and the best mortgage rate available, contact John Vassos. He'll provide unbiased advice and options for you, because everybody's different, you know. You don't just go to the bank and say, I want this mortgage, you know. You got to get approval. You got to jump through hoops. And some lenders are different than others. And there are many lenders out there. And John, I believe, knows them all. He's on a first name basis with them. Contact John Vassos. It's john.vassos at mortgagescout.ca. John.vassos, V-A-S-S-O-S, at mortgagescout.ca. His phone number is 647-533-1440. Today on the show, two NHL coaches fired already, including a guy nobody thought should have been fired, because he's such a good coach. The NBA All-Star Draft, all right, that's during the All-Star Game, they draft their teams now, will be televised this year. Televised, which means somebody will get the Phil Kessel treatment on national television. Remember that? Of course. Last man drafted? (laughs) Bryce Harper. How much is he worth? He turned down $300 million from the Washington Nationals. They say he will make over $400 million dollars in free agency so is he selfish or is he smart as a whip he's 26 years old 400 million and some are saying maybe even a half a billion dollars are you kidding me our trivia question is a pretty easy one today because folks have been bitching that they've been too tough way you're very i tell you if i ever do a trivia night at a bar or something like that i'm just gonna really have to tone it right back down i like it tough right and by the way this is not trivia the toronto blue jays put out some this is not trivia what was the first year that the Blue Jays started? 1977. That, that's not trivia. <laughs> it's not, okay? No, like, who's the winning pitcher in you the know, first that's game? That's not trivia. trivia. That's trivia, the winning pitcher okay, in the first come game. Come on, you got to think. That, trivia is not something you can press a button on Google and get the answer immediately, right? You can't just press a button and go, oh, there it is. I disagree. I, first of all, get you Google out of the mix. You. Nobody you should be Googling trivia questions. Of course questions. not, but you know as well as I do, okay? Anyway, this is the trivia oh. question. By the way, don't Google it. Don't look it up. Use your brain power. Come up with a guess. Think a little bit and go, oh, I think. Okay, so the question is this. It's hockey, all right? Jeez. Only three defensemen in the history of the National Hockey League have won the Lady Bing Trophy for gentlemanly play. Without looking it up, name two of them. Only three defensemen in the history of the National Hockey League have won the Lady Bing Trophy for gentlemanly play. Wow. Without looking it up, name two of them. Okay, the answer a little later and a little backstory too, because I'm I like I like stories. I have no idea, but can I take a shot at one of them? Later. No, okay. You can later. Okay. You, I'm just be, excited here. I know you are, and that's good. <laughs> and I hope the listeners are too. On our last show, and I said this somewhat jokingly, Mike, that the Toronto Raptors really didn't need Kawhi Leonard because they were playing so well. Um, but with Kawhi in the lineup, they're can I use the word unstoppable? <laughs> no one's come close except for the Milwaukee game, and he wasn't even in the lineup for that. He's eight no. Except for the Milwaukee game. There's been one close game that they, they, they kill. They're 11 and 1. Listen to this. The Toronto Raptors beat Cleveland by 12, Boston by 12, Washington by 4, but they were up by 13 with five minutes to go. All right. They beat Charlotte by 21, Minnesota by 7, Dallas by 9, Philly by 17, Phoenix by 9, the Lakers by 14, Utah by 13, and Sacramento. And Sacramento is a good team. Sacramento is one of the up-and-coming teams. Beat them by 9 in Sacramento. Thank you very much. First time ever they've gone four games to the Western 
and Mountain Time Zone and one. They call it a four-game West Coast swing. That's not a four-game West Coast swing because nobody takes a West Coast swing that, that takes in all the teams from there. Think about it. It would have to be Portland, uh, a Golden State, Golden State's a the Lakers one. and the Clippers, yeah. and you got to include Phoenix, which the, uh, the Raptors started their road trip with. Uh, there you added Utah to that as well which is in a different time zone so it's sort of it's to the west it's four games they went four and oh what a team (laughs) no unbelievable I just wish you'd uh, spend all 35 minutes on the Raptors I could do it if you want I'm soaking it it in like it's so exciting that I could do a basketball only show easily easily here okay but look look, there's plenty of time to go around okay we do two of these a week take it easy how did we lose to Milwaukee that's what I want to know well who cares about that right now because then there'd be too much pressure on them to keep the unbeaten streak going we don't have to worry about that anymore so so the Raptors are averaging 11 points per victory those are blowouts of wicked proportions to steal a line from Gord Downey and the tragically hip and coach Nick Nurse must be rubbing his hands together with glee in anticipation of the Knicks Pelicans and Pistons visiting Toronto in the next week. And I know the Pistons have Dwayne Casey and they're, oh, Casey's back with Pistons. They started off great. They're not doing so well now. So there's three more wins. There's three home victories for the Raptors. So they're going to be 14 and one. Then they go on, um, then they go to the road for a while. But still, Knicks, Pelicans, and Pistons coming. So here's the fact the Raptors are so deep that their second unit is better than seven NBA teams. Wow. If you put the Raptors' second unit on the floor only, they're better than seven NBA teams. JV, OG, FVV, CJ, DeLon. And Norm Powell's out for a while with a shoulder injury. If you added him to that mix, uh, you know, it's your second five plus one there. So mix them up all the way you want, okay? But Jonas is a sensational backup center. Give him 22 minutes a game. He'll put in 15 and grab eight or 10 rebounds. OG, what a great athlete this guy is. And Van Vliet is way better than I ever thought he would be. I have to tell you this. When I first saw him, I said, this guy's not good enough to be in the NBA. He was slow on defense. He, he, he didn't look like he was in shape. But boy, has he turned into a heck of a player, a real slasher. C.J. Miles, when he gets that stroke back, he'll be just fine. I like DeLon Wright. I like, I like Norm. I like all these guys. we got to start the bench against the Knicks. They're damn good. Yeah, why not the Knicks? <laughs> didn't I tell you it would be fun watching these guys? Did I not tell you it would be fantastic? And did I mention like much about Kawhi at all? Like Kawhi, he Kawhi in his own mind was it was a mediocre game. He was twenty five and ten without even trying. This guy could wake up out of bed, okay, without brushing his teeth, hit the court, and had knocking twenty five with ten rebounds. Do you think maybe uh, we're underappreciating this start for Kyle Lowry because like he's got MVP caliber numbers? This is the best start to any season in his career. He's playing great. They they're all playing great. And here's the other thing is that. Nobody on the Raptors is going to be an MVP this year. They're just too good of a team, right? Um, when it was DeMar and it was Kyle, it was like, well, you know, they kind of cancel each other out and all that, but they're both all-stars. Well, that's the case here. All-stars is one thing because Kawhi will be an all-star and so will Lowry. But boy, Danny Green's a heck of a player. I didn't know how good he was. I knew he was good, but when you see a guy play every night, you go, this guy's good and he's a pro, right? And he plays both ends of the court too. All these guys can play both ends of the court. It's a very exciting team. So how many Raptors will be at the All-Star game? I don't know. Where will they be drafted? I don't know, but I do know this for the first time ever, ever. The NBA All-Star game draft will be televised. Last year was the first time, if you recall, that the top fan vote getters from each conference got to choose the teams. The captains were Steph Curry and and LeBron James, and and instead of East versus West. And it turned out to be a huge success because Steph's team really wanted to beat LeBron's team. Because they drafted their players, right? And uh, 
LeBron's team won it, uh, yeah, 148-145 last year. But it was a good game. So, But what happened was, what went on in the draft room when Steph and uh, LeBron were drafting apparently was hysterically funny and great television, but they decided not to televise it last year. Do you know why they made that decision? I know why. Here's why. Because the Players Association and the league were worried that the players' feelings would be hurt like if the last guy was drafted. You know what I mean? They didn't want, for example, I I, um, I got it. They didn't want Al Horford's feelings hurt when he was the (laughs) final guy drafted, right? Being the the worst of the best, if you will. So, uh, and and then both sides, I guess, wanted to see how it played out before agreeing to televise it, which they're going to do this year. But nobody asked NHL players (laughs) from the 2011 All-Star game if anybody's feelings would be hurt during their first televised draft. Did anyone say, well, geez, you don't want to hurt Phil Kessel's feelings. They just did it anyway, because the captains were, if you recall, Nicholas Lidstrom and Eric Stahl, and they chose their players in order. So the guys were all sitting like, you know, like, you know, in a bunch of chairs. And it was like, once the, once the guy was chosen, he got up from his chair and he joined his teammates like up on the podium. And they, okay. And there were 42 guys drafted. And the 42nd guy, the last guy sitting there with everyone taking pictures and Ovi and all that was Phil Kessel of the Maple Leafs. Remember that? Of course. Now imagine if that was an NBA player. Oh my God, his feelings might be hurt. Hey, Phil's feelings were hurt for about eight seconds until he realized that the last person drafted got 20 grand in cash and a brand new car. You remember that? Yes, yes, yes. He got a brand new car and 20 grand. (laughs) Now someone said, listen, you're going to be the last guy drafted and your humiliation will last four seconds until you get the the cash and the prize. And by the way, he donated the 20 grand to cancer research because he had uh, testicular cancer when he was a rookie. Uh, Phil Castle. So that's what happened there. So why didn't the NBA do their due diligence and find out that it's not such a big deal that they could have last year televised it and and because you want to know what the draft order was. Anyone's ego would say, "Hey, where was uh, uh, where where was uh, Demar drafted? Where was Kyle drafted?" Where? Well, I have a question. Yeah. It, it, this is about last year. It didn't have to be live. Like, can't you uh, can't you re- Record this, film this, no. sorry, and then maybe no, get, if everybody approves it, you no, can then edit it no up and make it. Approves this? What is know. this? A it could have been like a special that they. No, aired, they, uh, listen. Here's what you something. do: you say, guys, you're making fortune. Okay, this is for our fans. Our fans <laughs> want to see it. Our fans want to see the two captains. I don't know who they're going to be this year. Whoever the top two are in fan voting can't be LeBron and Steph again. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gotta be two other guys. Kyle okay? Lowry and. Well, it's gonna be. It's no. It's whoever gets the most votes. Except for um, LeBron and Steph. They're not eligible. Which means, of course, what do LeBron and Steph care this year? They're going to be drafted. Think about it. Right? They're going to be drafted by someone. They're going to be. LeBron will be the first draft pick, probably. (laughs) And Steph will probably be the second, or vice versa. I don't know. But I want to see how the draft plays out. Yeah, me too. For the NBA All-Star game. And And if the last guy's feelings are hurt, too bad. If Al Horford's feelings are hurt, too bad. Or whoever that's going to be. I know you're the trivia master, but uh, do you know who the clo- the ra- which Raptor was the closest to being named uh, NBA MVP? Oh, the MVP voting, right? Like, yeah, it's available somewhere. But I have the answer. But oh, you would do, you like eh? to take a guess as, as to what last year? Which no, oh, all time in the oh, franchise all history of time since '95. Since which Toronto Raptor was, was closest to, to being named MVP? Tracy McGrady. No, that's a good. That's an interesting guess. Uh, the answer is uh, Bosch. Chris Bosch. Never heard of him. <laughs> Chris Bosch, yeah, I recall his years there. He was okay, pretty good ball player. I think no. seventh, by the way. I think one year he Se- finished seventh. Seriously, so, seventh is so the highest. Vince any Carter Raptor has never been? finished higher than seventh. Wow, well, man, there's some pretty good. There, there's some pretty good ball players out there. Some pretty good ball players <laughs> out there. Um, so anyway, so so there you go to the NBA. Instead of worrying about hurting some big guy's feelings, show the draft on TV. Let's see how the drama plays out. 
Okay, there's always one kid, one kid who got picked last in pickup hockey. Although pickup hockey is different now because you just throw your sticks in the middle. But, you know, same idea. The idea used to be this, okay? Here's a bunch of guys. Here's your two captains. I'll take him. 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 And then at the end, it would be this. Uh, okay, you take him. I'll grab him. As opposed to leaving one guy standing there. But there was always that time where the last kid picked up the playground. Wow, wow, wow. And like I said, since LeBron and Steph aren't captains this year, they don't have to worry about anything. That's, the pressure's off. Although, uh, Steph Curry got injured last night. Uh, an abductor muscle. What's that? An abductor. That's in around the groin, the stomach in there somewhere. Well, abductor. On, the, on the schedule, when is the Golden State uh, scheduled to play the Raptors? Uh, Soon, right? Uh, I don't. I, this is clearly him trying to uh, feign injuries <laughs> so he doesn't have to face Kawhi. No, Leonard. he's going for an MRI apparently. No, this is serious stuff, okay? An abductor muscle. Anyway, I just, I just found that out. So anyway, so um, yeah, the NBA All-Star um, a draft. The All-Star draft is going to be live on television, which is very, very exciting. So the other night, Jamal Murray of Kitchener, Ontario, and the Denver Nuggets scored 48 points against the Boston Celtics. You heard about this, Amy? Yes, of course. So he's got 48, and the time is running down, and they got an easy win, and they're killing Boston. They're just thumping Boston at home. And there's about three seconds to go, and Murray launches a shot. Now, normally, when you're up that many, you just dribble out the clock. You don't take the shot. But he was going for 50. He may never get, I dare say, and he's a very good basketball player, he may never, ever get a chance again to get 50 points in an NBA game, okay? Has not been done that many times that it's like, oh, ho, oh, um, fitty. So he lets the shot go. So what happens is, it's already a blowout. Kyrie Irving of Boston grabs the ball after it's missed, okay? He ends up with 48. Takes the ball that Jamal Murray probably would have wanted for his career-high 48 points and fires it up into the stands. Just throws it into the stands which is a really childish thing to do. And then, and he basically saying, well, what he did was Bush league and stuff like that. Do you think like, let me ask you if you were Jamal Murray and you had knocked down 48 against Boston and they're saying, yeah, dribble the clock out and whatever. And somebody, one of your teammates goes, go for 50. You have possession. You got the ball. Go for fifth. Go for it. No one's going to be mad at you except for one, one guy. (laughs) I can, no, I, are you kidding me? Of course I'd take that shot. Of course you, you would. would too. Of course you would. Remember, I watch games where there's... Of course you would. You got a chance for 50. You yeah. know what? And here's the other thing. What, it, if Kyrie Irving was that upset, why didn't he do something about it? Like, why didn't he hold him? Why wasn't he mad at him when he had 38 points and he was going for 40? What, because it was at the end of the game? That a Bush League move by Kyrie Irving. Any guy worth his salt, if he's got a chance for 50... His teammates are going to be encouraging. The fans are going to be, go for 50. What, I didn't come to see you. If you're, if you're going to make 48 of them, then may as well go for 50. Hebs, you know, it's like it's when the NHL player has two goals and then uh, maybe the goalie's pulled on the other team and then you're, you're making extra passes to feed the puck to the right. guy with two goals to let him get the hat trick. But this, is the di- wait, but this is different. This is you're already up 5-2. The other team pulls the goalie, right? Right. And then they throw you onto the ice. Okay, and make seven passes. Uh, uh, one guy misses the net entirely, completely. Doesn't even want, you know, miss it on purpose so he can get the puck to you. So you can finally get your hat trick. Already up five two. Already with two empty net goals. It's kind of like that. But anyway, That's we still all okay. would have done it. And you're right. The teammates are feeding him. Take the shot. You want fifty. Go for it. Nobody remembers who had 48 points, although 48 is still pretty good, and that's the most points ever by a Canadian-born um, player. Is that right? Game. Yeah, 48. Rick Fox never hit 50. No. <laughs> no. Wow. So that's great See, that's stuff. trivia I like. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. And, oh, and by the way, um, the other night I watched 
the amazing uh, R.J. Barrett of Duke. Right. Now, college basketball, some, some people are not into it at all, but you know about Duke, and you know about Coach K, and you know about Kyrie Irving's a great example. One and done. Guys go for one year. They're 18, 19 years old. They play one year of college. They go to the NBA. Uh, they're ready to play, all that kind of thing. Well, this R.J. Ba- uh, Barrett, who's the son of Rowan Barrett, who was a, a national team member for many, many years, this guy's the real deal. He's going to be the number one draft pick overall, unless it's his teammate, Zion Williamson. See, in his first game ever, okay, as a college freshman, okay, Duke beat Kentucky by 1,000 points, and (laughs) R.J. Barrett had 33 points. Wow. 33 in his debut, and his teammate Zion Williamson had 28. These guys are unbelievable. They start four freshmen. Now I'm thinking, so I'm thinking, wow, think of Canada's national team. Think of our, our chances to make the Olympics, the World Championships of Basketball, and the great nations out there that play that we have to beat out in qualifying. Think of this team, Jamal Murray and Trey Lyles, both of Denver. Excellent players. Andrew Wiggins, R.J. Barrett, Kelly Olynyk, Nick Stauskas, Tristan Thompson, Dwight Powell, Corey Joseph, Dylan Brooks. Pretty good team. Like some really talented players there. Agreed. So keep your eye out, okay? Because a lot of people are watching. And and it's not just the R.J. Barrett. It's like, hey, wait a second. Boy, a lot of Canadians are they're, they're playing some good ball here, aren't they? The Vince Carter effect. Exactly. I saw a doc about it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. So yeah, that's I was pretty excited about that. Pretty, pretty excited. In hockey, John Stevens was the first to go. Joel Quenville was number two. Coach Q fired by the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and 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 I don't know, another one's gonna bite the dust soon, maybe, uh, or maybe not. See, here's the thing with the NHL. This is what surprises me. No to me, no team is out of it. There is no dominant team and there is no um uh, doormat in this league. You wanted parity in this league, you got parity. Let me give you an example. There are one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the NHL below 500. That means 25 teams, as of today, are 500 or better. 25 franchises are going, hey, playing 500 hockey or or better. Not bad, eh? So the six teams are the Senators, Red Wings, Panthers, Blackhawks, Golden Knights, and Kings. Okay? Even, like, those are the two of them have already fired their coach. But now that you have overtime, twenty-five lo- teams are fired. <laughs> no, but now I you know, have overtime losses. Like five hundred isn't. What I it used know to be, it's so not. Right? But the point of the matter is, it's still one of those things where you look and go, "Our record's five hundred, right? We're five hundred. We've lost as many games as we want." Okay, I'm just saying, 20, sure. 25 teams are five hundred or better. So you got your parity. Wow. Leafs host New Jersey tonight. I think they're twenty seventh in the league. They get Boston Saturday night in Beantown. Then they go to California for three games and four nights. Maybe the Raptors' success out there will uh, rub off on their. MLSE uh, <laughs> cohabitors. And well, we know that the Leafs play better on the road this season. So yeah, but they've been well, they've been playing better at home. I, you know what? I think the home ice thing. I think there's just a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on. I don't care what team it is, to perform at home. Guys, you're at home. You're expected to win. Entertain the fans. You're you're, you're sleeping in your own bed. You're getting fed home cooking when your family. You you're familiar. Um, whereas I'll be honest with you, when you're on the road, you're way more focused. You don't have the distractions. You don't have the wife and the kids and the whatever. You don't. You're focused. You're with your teammates as well. You're not home with your family. You're spending, you're with your roommate in the hotel room, with your teammates on the bus, on the plane, in the locker room. You're focused. But at home, there's a lot of distractions. Well, may I ask, uh, typically in the NBA, for example, the home record is almost always better than the road record. Yeah. Is it different in basketball? Yeah, winning on the road in basketball is a lot tougher. It's a lot tougher. And I, I, I don't have an, uh, an answer for you for that particular one versus hockey, and I don't know what the numbers are. Right, I, I think you're right. I think, I think that's the sport I think, I think of when I think of home 
court slash yes. home field home ice advantage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Basketball would be the one. Definitely. Um, uh, where was I here? Oh, yes. Um, I love this end zone camera they're using when there's a power play. I hadn't noticed it as much before, and I could be wrong. Maybe they've been using a lot of it, and I just haven't been paying attention. But I noticed the other night in the Leafs-Golden Knights game that when the Leafs had a power play, they stayed on that end zone camera uh, behind the net for like the full power play. And I love watching it. I love seeing what the goalie sees. How can you see that puck coming in from the point? I love seeing when a guy tries to take a shot, and there's no way it's going to get through. There's just no way. It's just blocked off. And, he, and, he, and, and, the, and the defenseman will sort of aim it a little wide yeah. for that side tip. Yeah. I, love, I love that angle. I really do. I like watching hockey on TV. Oh, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. While we're talking hockey, yeah. uh, our last Hebsy on Sports, episode 50, was Monday. And so, so since. By, by the way, yeah. uh, greatest episode we've ever had. Largest number of downloads. Thank you, listeners, for telling your friends. Uh, we're number one on iTunes, but we were number one from that show. That episode. Did we ever talk about on that iTunes. on this show? Number one on iTunes uh, in Canada, sports and recreation. Right. We're number one because of what happened Monday. But also, too, Mike, I think when you drop that episode Monday morning, er, fairly early Monday morning, like we're like the like we're the first guys up there. Like we're the first ones. Boom. And uh, by noon, we had uh, we had over a thousand. Uh, we had over a thousand hits. With podcasting, you know, it's a slow burn because awareness is everything, right? Yeah. They're not advertising Hebsy on sports when I watch Hockey Night in Canada. They're so not. They're, they should be, but they're not. <laughs> oh, we apparently they asked you if you wanted to buy in, but I don't know. So it's a slow burn because it's all about. We need listeners who discover this, and so far, everyone who gives it a listen loves it and subscribes but they need to tell like five friends and then their friends need to tell five friends yeah. you need to tweet about well, it's it Facebook. A lot of pre- it's putting a lot of right. pressure on your friends but whatever lately i've noticed the jump in the charts and it's amazing that i got to say with you know no word of a lie i have a screen cap i saw it in my own eyes huh. that you had the number one sports podcast in canada right that's amazing. The only thing is, what have you done for me lately? I think we're number eight now or today. But once, but once this episode drops, like once you're, it's amazing. Once Hebsy. you're hearing, once you're listening to this now, and you have downloaded this episode, you'll be one of thousands who are going to get us back up to the top of the charts. It's a weird thing. We only drop two shows a week, so you can't be number one for the whole week, right? Yeah. And Apple does not reveal this algorithm they use. So yes. we actually a lot of this is our you know best. We're we're kind of taking a guess based on you know cause and effect right. here, but. I, I brought up the fact that we haven't recorded since Monday, yes. biggest episode ever, until this one, uh, because <laughs> since then was the big uh, Ottawa Senators Uber <laughs> controversy, and all I can I think not, of is, what yeah. does Hebsy think of this? I will never take Uber again. Lyft, from now on. Is that right? That's oh, I how. Uh, oh, I won't take it. I won't take it. So one bad apple spoiled the whole bunch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, look, how about this? Suppose you went to a particular restaurant, right, that you love to go to. Always got good service. Food was great. Found out that they were recording you while you were in the bathroom on the toilet. Would you go recording, right? Would you go back in the bathroom? Of course not. You wouldn't go back to the no, restaurant. No, of course not. Because you don't. You like assume the... you have privacy in the bathroom. Thank you very much. But it's if they're recording the, you, it's in the, the expectation okay. of privacy. This is what it comes down to. When those guys got into that car, there was an expectation of privacy. But the way the world is today, you have to assume that anything you say will be recorded. Anything you do will be recorded by somebody somewhere. Whether it will be broadcast via social media or other means, you don't know. But the fact that someone recorded it and has that, okay? You know how athletes and coaches cover their mouths, you know, on TV so that you can't lip read? It's because they know the cameras are on them. 
Right. What about hidden microphones? What about surreptitious recordings? This should be a warning to everyone. The walls have ears. Everything you say and do will be recorded no matter where you are. Protect yourself. And this should be the last time I should ever have to say this. If you don't know by now what this world is about when it comes to eavesdropping, sneaking, cameras everywhere, recording devices everywhere, get, get with it. So the Ottawa Senators got, and look, I'm sure that the coaches in the next car, be it a cab or Lyft or whatever it was, were probably saying the same thing about the players. Ah, that ass is a lazy son of a bitch, whatever it was. The only difference is they had the expectation of privacy and they, and they got that. Th- these guys in the car, they didn't get it. And that guy, whoever released that, is the scumbucket of the earth. Now, let me just say, uh, I'm agreeing with you on that last point. I just want to say, Stringer Bell, two words, Stringer Bell. Uh, he always used the burner in the wire because he knew they were listening. They were listening. They're always listening. So always be careful. You're right. But I'm actually okay. Did you just make a reference to The Wire, the yes, television show The Wire? It's about time Stringer Bell made an appearance on uh, Hebsey on Sports. So I'm okay well, what, with the What fact- if I told you that The Wire, not my thing? I would suggest you try it. No, no, I have. Get back. <clears throat> you I tried have. it? Well, I watched a couple of episodes, and I know who the main characters are, and I like the kid <laughs> who was in uh, Friday Night Lights, I think was one of them, right? He oh, was, yeah, uh, he's in uh, the Rocky movies. Yeah, 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 he's really good. Uh, what's uh, uh, Michael Jordan. Michael B. Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, right. Um, and I saw some of them, but I, I, I didn't get into the binge watch part of it, and I kind of some other, another show took over, so I, I've seen three or four of them. And I like the characters, but I, I have not been. Well, I don't judge you. You like what you Thank like. You. But I did watch it twice. But my All point right. here is yes. I'm okay with the recording happening in the Uber. I'm actually okay with the well, recording. For protection purposes. Sure. What I think is uh, disgusting and punk, and uh, I hope he uh, suffers some consequences, is the sharing of this video. It's sure. one thing to record for security purposes. Terrible. I think that's okay. Sharing it, that's punk. Yep. That's Bush League. Absolutely. Uh, Our trivia question today was this. Only three defensemen in the history of the National Hockey League have won the Lady Bing Trophy for gentlemanly play. Can you name two of them? Toronto Mike, you go first. I'm going to say Nick Lidstrom. Nick Lidstrom and? And I'm going to think of another. Name two of them. I know, I need two of them. Only three defensemen in NHL history. History. Okay, that's been going. You go back to like the 30s. For the Lady Bing Trophy. And by the way, it should just be called the Bing. Bobby Orr. It should just be called the Bing Trophy, right? Because Lady Bing suggests, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's the Bing Trophy. Uh, Bobby Orr. So Bobby Orr and Nicholas Lidstrom? Correct. Incorrect, both of them. Okay. <laughs> tough. Both wrong. Do you want to know the answer? Well, I always want to know the answer. Okay. But do, should we, do we want to... I don't no, know. Do, I'm saying, do you want to know the answer? Yeah, give the answer. Because that's the idea of the trivia question. Anyone's, and remember, nobody anyone's, listening anyone's should be Googling still this. Listening. If you Google this, yeah. that's also Bush League and Punk, just like that Uber driver. Right. And I know you didn't. So here's so there are three defensemen. Uh, one of them won it three times. Red Kelly. Uh, one of them won it recently. And his number is 51. Jake Gardner. And that's episode number 51. How did that, how did, how did you get that question? How did you dive that deep to have on episode 51, the last lady being trophy winner as a defenseman, war number 51? How, how did you do that, Hebs? <laughs> anyway, it was Brian Campbell, war number 51 for the Florida Panthers in 2011-2012. He had only six minutes in penalties and 53 points as a defenseman. Wow. But the first to win it, zero penalty minutes as a defenseman. Z Row in 1948-49. Bill Quackenbush of the Detroit Red Wings. 1948-49, Lady Bing Trophy winner, defenseman, zero penalty minutes. A defenseman. Uh, yeah. Now that's a clean player and deserving of it. So there you go. There's your answer. Bill Quackenbush, Brian Campbell, number 51, and Red Kelly, who won it three times. 
those are the only three defensemen in the history of the National Hockey League. To I don't think I've got a single trivia question right yet, which I kind of love, so keep, keep them tough. Okay, so episode 51, the greatest number 51 of all time. This is a slam dunk. Everybody knows that the greatest 51 in any sport, and with apologies to Randy, Big Unit Johnson, a Hall of Famer, is Dick Butkus. Linebacker, Chicago Bears, movie star, TV star, spokesman for Miller Lite Beer and others, and the most feared player in the history of the National Football League, Dick Butkus. Think of that name, Dick. It's a great name. Butkus. That's the most regressive, aggressive-sounding name. Lithuanian, Dick Butkus. He defined the middle linebacker position. He was the scariest guy I ever saw. There's a picture of him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I don't know when it was from. It's taken from behind the quarterback. So it's an end zone, it's an end zone shot. I'm thinking he's on, he's on uh, the 10-yard line, okay? And the opposition, it was the Packers. Are, they've got the ball on their own, like, 5- or 10-yard line. And here's Dick Butkus rising up over the center with a menacing look on his face. And his eyes a little bit crossed. You know, that kind of wild cross-eyed look? Like Mike Singletary had it, too, speaking of Great Bears linebackers. Brian Erlacher had it, but not like Dick Butkus. And when Dick Butkus was drafted in 1965, he was 6'3 and 245 pounds. Linebackers were not that big in those days. This guy was an absolute beast. A beast. Let me tell you, let me give you an example. How big a beast Dick Butkus was. Let me get my little note here. Where the heck did I put that? Oh, Dick was an animal. I called him a maniac, a stone maniac. He was a well-conditioned animal. And every time he hit you, he tried to put you in the cemetery, not the hospital. That's from Deacon Jones, pro football, Hall of Fame defensive end, part of the fearsome foursome of the Los Angeles Rams. He tried to put you in the cemetery, not the hospital. Okay, how about another one? Hall of Famer Bill George, whom Butkus succeeded as the Bears' middle linebacker, said this, and I quote, The first time I saw Dick Butkus, I started packing my gear. I knew my Bears' days were over. Numbered. There was no way that guy wasn't going to be great. This, this guy was so feared. This guy would hit you and put you into next week, right? Butkus was renowned for his intimidating profile and style of play. He was known to snarl at the opposition prior to the play. So you get down in your three-point stance. Ready, set. And here's a guy across from you going. He's right in your face. He's spitting. He's not spitting at you. He's salivating. And he's snarling at you. Lions tight end Charlie Sanders recalled Butkus poking him in the eye with his fingers through his face mask. He once intercepted a pass from Vikings quarterback Fran Tarkenton, another Hall of Famer, near the goal line. Instead of taking it in for the easy touchdown, he took aim and ran right at Fran Tarkenton, the quarterback, and ran him over. Tarkenton was 175 pounds. Butkus ran him over. Then after the game, a reporter said, if, if the rumors suggested, if he was as mean as they said, because he was known as the meanest guy. And Butkus said, I wouldn't ever go out to hurt anybody deliberately unless it was, you know, important. Like a, <laughs> like a league game or something. <laughs> like just a regular game. That's incredible. He was my favorite player. He was the most feared guy. He defined the position. Any middle linebacker, any hard hitter now, you got to go back to Dick Butkus. But here's the best part of the story. You're going to like this a lot. A lot. Uh, Sly Stallone in the 1976 movie Rocky had a dog that Adrian got him from the pet store. This dog appeared in Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. The dog's name? Butkus. There you go. And, and whose dog was it? It was Sly Stallone's real dog. Oh, really? It was his real dog. So this is the... You'll, you'll love this, okay? This is a great story. But uh, um, Stallone and his wife owned a dog. They could barely, they had a little tiny apartment. They could barely keep the dog. They couldn't even afford to feed the dog. And Butkus had to, uh, and um, Stallone 
before the movie Rocky was done, had to give the dog away, had to give his dog, Butkus, a bull mastiff, away. So after six months with another family, Stallone finally had enough money to make the film. He begged these people to give him Butkus back, and the rest is history. Butkus appeared in Rocky and Rocky II. But initially, there wasn't enough of a budget even to have the dog, because the dog was in California at the time, and they had to fly the dog to Philadelphia to record in the movie, right? And it was going to cost a fortune to fly this dog across the country, and they just didn't have the budget in it. So the only two pets that Rocky, that Sylvester Stallone had as Rocky in the movie, were two turtles. What were their names? I remember this because Adrian, this Adrian worked at the pet store, right? Right. Adrian works at the pet store, but he comes, yeah, he comes home to, yeah. and he comes home and feeds his turtles. Those are his pets his tur- before he gets. I'm going to say uh, one of these turtles he named uh, <laughs> Buttkiss. No, no, no. No, Buttkiss was the dog. She brings him the dog. Buttkiss. All right, tell me. Bird and Ernie. No, close. Cuff and Link. Okay. I remember the turtles now that you mentioned. You know, Rocky's, you could revisit Rocky now and it's, it's still good. a great film. It is. It's such a good story. Don't you think? I, I, you know, it, it is. It, it, it stands the test of time. All right. I like that we talked about Michael B. Jordan earlier yeah. in the new Rocky movies. So. Yeah, there you go. We got that tie-in. In baseball, Washington national superstar outfielder Bryce Harper turned down $300 million for 10 years. He's going to go the free agency route, okay? And the Phillies are going to get him. The Phillies are going to spend $400 million to get this guy. $400 million. Wow. For two reasons. One is they have the money. Two is Bryce Harper absolutely loves Citizens Bank Park, and he's a brand. He brings people out to the ballpark. I'm sorry to say that Zach Greinke, who makes $34 million a year, does not bring anybody out to the ballpark. He doesn't put bums in the seats. But Harper does. He's flamboyant. Okay? He, he may make the Hall of Fame. I don't like putting guys on a Hall of Fame projection at that young. He's 26. But he looks pretty good. If his career, you know, uh, continues along the same path, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. But he's 26 years old. 26! And as an everyday player, if Greinke's worth $34 million, then um, Bryce Harper's worth at least that. Now, reports say he could make north of $400 million over 12 years. Wow. Okay? He's 26. If you're going to give out a contract of that length, 12 years, it would be worthwhile at 26, right? 26 to 38, as opposed to uh, Albert Pujols, who, uh, when he left the Cardinals for the Angels, he was 32 years of age and signed a 10-year deal, which was way too long. Because he's 38 now, he's got three years left on the deal, and they got to pay him $87 million over three years oh. uh, at ages 39, 40, and 41. Bryce Harper will never get to that age under this particular contract if he signs for 12 years. Albert Pujols hit 245 with 19 home runs last year, so it wasn't such a good deal. Harper only hit 249, but had 34 homers, 100 RBI, and walked 130 times. And that's an off year for him. You know what this tells you? This tells you that Vladdy Jr. is going to get a billion dollars. Well, not yet. Not for a while. And and remember, remember, you won't see him opening day, Vladdy. He'll come late April uh, because they're going to manipulate his service time the same way Washington did with Steven Strasburg, the same way... The Marlins did with Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, the list goes on they and on. they got to close that loophole. The list goes on and on. If they, uh, you know what? It's a shrewd business move, and they're in business. They're in business. So the big free agent guys are going to be Bryce Harper, $400 million for the Phillies, and Manny Machado with the Yankees. He'll probably play third base for the Yankees, and they'll move, um, they'll move uh, Andujar, the third baseman. They'll move him to the outfield. The rich and, get richer. And the biggest free agent signing of them all, Jay Happ. Oh, yeah. With the, the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays, yes. I think he's coming back. I think I know that the Hap family are very close to uh, Justin Smoke and his wife Christine. 
Uh, so I, I honestly think, and you know, even though the Yankees and, you know, CC Sabathia's coming back and all that, I would love to see Jay Happ come back for a couple of years, uh, you know, and hang with his buddy and it'll be his third time back with Toronto and they can use him in the rotation with the other kids. You got to have a veteran guy in there. So that's my call. That's all there is to it. And that's it for this edition. Episode 51 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to our sponsor, John Vassos, the mortgage expert. Contact John if you have any questions about mortgages. He'll give you unbiased advice. And remember, John doesn't work for the banks. He works for you. Hit him up at john.vassos, that's V-A-S-S-O-S, at mortgagescout.ca. Or call or text John at 647-533-1440. Thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. He's at Toronto Mike on social media. I'm at Hebsey Man on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to order my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, available via Amazon and Chapters Indigo. You can pre-order it now. It comes out in February 2019. And tell your friends about this podcast. We were number one earlier this week on iTunes Canada Charts for Sports Podcasts, and it's all because of you. Thank you so much for your support. Tell your friends about Hebsey on Sports. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. We're back with another episode shortly. Until then, so long for now.